You are listening to a sermon podcast from Kingdom City. We pray that over the next few moments, you will be blessed, equipped, and empowered to bring the reality of God to your world. Hello, Kingdom City! How are you? Everybody in Canning Valley, you doing good? Everybody online, are you doing good? Oh, look, we can hear you. Listen, wherever you are, whether you're meeting together or you're by yourself, let me tell you, you're never by yourself. With God, you are the majority. Amen? And so we're going to pray right now, and God is going to move. This is the beauty of today. This is what I love about it, the fact that we're right here in a room, but it's going everywhere. The Word of God has no limitations. There is no wall on His church. Amen? Isn't that awesome? And so wherever you are online, come on, reach your hands out. Everybody here in Canningvale, reach your hands out. We're going to pray for the presence and the power of God to move today. Father God, we just declare right now in this place, in every place, Lord God, in every household, in every auditorium, Lord God, in every cafe, wherever your word is going out today, Lord God, we pray let your presence saturate us. Let your anointing flow. Let your power touch, let it restore, let it heal, let it reconcile, let it bring joy where there's been calamity, Lord God, let it bring peace where there's been storms, Lord God, let it bring healing where there's been sickness, Lord God. Father, we pray, Lord God, we commit ourselves to you fully right now, and we declare what you are able to do in a minute takes a man a millennium. So Father God, we declare, move by your Holy Spirit in every place, every hearer of your word today, Lord God, let a transformation take place. We ask this now in Jesus' awesome name and everybody with faith said, amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated online. You can be seated as well. Hey, listen, if you are online and you're wondering, hey, is there a church nearby? Listen, why don't you go to our website, kingdomcity.com, and check it out, and you'll find out whether there's a campus near you, and you can join that campus, because a lot of us are assembling together again. How awesome is that? Come on, folks. Amen. It is a good day to be alive. Some of you are not fully convinced. It's actually a good day to be alive. I love it. And you know what? I mean, this is, this is the time where we're called for such a time as this. I want you to understand that you are called for such a time as this, with all the craziness that's going on, with all the amazing things, all the weird things, all the, you know, I mean, confusing things that are going on. God called you and I to live through it. What a privilege. What a privilege. Amen. I mean, Noah dealt with the ark. We get to deal with this. Praise God. Praise God. Look, I can hear a few muffled... (laughs) You know, every now and again, you can say amen, uh, you know, and even, even on screen, listen, just yell amen anyway. Freak the cafe owner out. Make your cat get saved. Amen. How many people know cats? Okay, okay, let's just move on. Okay, here we go. Ready? I want to get into a message today. You know, obviously, we're in the beginning of 2022. We're in January. And, uh, you know, people always say, Happy New Year. Even when you meet people now that you haven't seen during the, you know, the flick from 2021 to 2022, they see you now. They go, Hey, Happy New Year. Listen, my t- the title of my message today is not called Happy New Year. It's called Happy New Ever. Happy New Ever. Come on, say it with me. Say, Happy New Ever. Happy New Ever. You know, I'm going to preach from a scripture that is probably one of my, I have a lot of favorite scriptures, but this is by far one of the most favorite. It's the first memory verse I ever learned, 
as a young punk when I got saved in 1986 when I was four years old. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, I was uh, 21, and I gave my life to Christ and uh, I remember going to my Christian growth classes, uh, new Christians classes, just development, you know, and they were called Christian growth back then. And uh, we, were, we had to study verses, we had to memorize verses, because when you get the Word of God in you, I tell you, it changes you. And, uh, you know, it's amazing. Many people say, I can't memorize verses, but they know a song on the radio from front to back. <sighs> okay, praise God. <laughs> As you know, and so I learned this memory. This was the first memory verse I ever learned, and it's 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17, the New King James, it says, Therefore, everybody say, therefore. If anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things have passed away. All things have become new, right? I love this, right, because the Bible's talking about something so powerful. When Paul's writing this, he's going, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone, which means it's all inclusive, how many people here are an anyone? If you're an anyone online, raise your hand. I mean, we're an anyone, right? Uh, and so he says, therefore. Now, what I love is when the Bible says, therefore, you're supposed to check out what it's there for. Is this microphone working? I'm not sure. You know, at Canningvale, come on, folks. Listen, I mean, I mean, it's not like you're just wearing a mask. It's like you're totally covered. I mean, come on, folks. You can still say amen through that thing. Trust me, you can breathe. Okay, it's therefore, right? So, you know, we got to look at it. What is it there for? Paul's making this powerful statement, right? Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14 to 17 in the New Living Translation, it says it like this. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. Isn't this exciting? Right? Verse 16. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. Verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Come on, that's worth amening already. We could just close right now and pray if we got that revelation. There's four things that I notice about this passage of Scripture that I want to really, I want to point out over the course of this message, right? Four things that I see. Number one, there's an immediate. Number two, there's an evidence. Number three, there's a progression and number four, there's an intentionality, right? So there's an immediate, there's an evidence, there's a progression, and there's an intentionality, right? And so we're going to look at these four points real simply, because I want when you, by the time this message is over, for you to think differently about the way you see yourself. I want you to walk out different to the way you came in. That doesn't mean go through a different door. Uh, for those that are watching online, I want something to change. I want a transaction to take place. Almost like where Paul had scales fall from his eyes and he could see clearly. My prayer is today. That scales fall from your eyes. You know what I mean? Listen, I mean, listen, the devil might try and make us wear a mask, but the, he's not going to make us wear a spiritual mask. Come on, folks. Amen. You may not have 2020 vision in the natural, but you can certainly have it in the supernatural. Amen. And so, four things that we see. The first thing is this it's an immediate. Everybody say, it's immediate. immediate. See, the Bible says he is a new creation, not they might be. There's an immediate change. Come on, folks. 
When you gave your life to Christ, when you made the decision, and maybe you're here today and you're watching online even and you haven't given your life to Christ, we're going to give you an opportunity to do so in just a few short moments. But the moment you actually said, Jesus, come into my life, forgive me of my past, become my Lord and Savior, the Bible says an immediate transaction took place. It wasn't like, well, I'll think about it. I'm going to have to talk with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Holy Spirit, what do you think? Mm, Not today. No, no, no. How many people know it's immediate? It's immediate. It's an immediate thing. You become a new creation immediately. John 3.3, Jesus replied, and he gave this parallel. See, this is where you can actually look how Scripture best interprets Scripture. Because he's speaking to Nicodemus, and he says this in John 3.3, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Because come on, he's just thinking in that sort of context, because this is the way Jesus is painting the picture. And Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again, right? Now, Jesus is not just saying you must be born again, but he's saying when you are born again, it's just the same as a natural birth. How many people know when a baby gets born naturally, it can't come out of the womb and go, I'm not born. (laughs) Now, number one, it can't talk. If it could, that'd be a miracle, right? Imagine if the doctor goes, as his cut umbilical cord, the baby goes, no, I refuse. Is this too much for some of you guys? I mean, seriously, this is, I think this is re- ridiculously funny stuff, right? I mean, come on, folks. Imagine if the baby actually goes, no, no, no. How, it doesn't matter how much the baby denies the fact the baby's born. It's happening. Jesus said just the same. When you give your life to Christ, born again. Just the same as a baby cannot deny once it's been delivered that it's born, you cannot deny or entertain a lie that you're not born again. Come on, folks. It's an immediate, folks. It's an immediate, right? Ezekiel 11 verse 19 says this, And I will give them one heart and put in a new spirit within them. And I will take the heart of stone out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. Right? See, listen this. The one thing the devil is constantly trying to do, is remind you of who you were, pre-salvation. Come on, folks. Am I talking to the right people here? Come on, you start stepping up. You start feeling like you're getting a bit more confidence in Christ. And then the devil comes up and goes, remember what you used to do? Come on, folks. For those that have lived in Perth their whole lives, I mean, I haven't. I've been lived in Perth for six months. So I don't have a lot of memories from different parts of Perth. But some of you, pre-Christianity... Maybe you drive into that area or you walk into that area and you see someone that you used to hang out with or you see an area or a neighborhood that you used to maybe do some stuff that might have been questionable. Come on, folks. And all of a sudden that memory comes back. Yeah, that's right. That's you. Come on. And he brings back that memory and it makes you shrink back or you see something or you hear something, even a, a song on the radio or an ad on television that brings back a whole bunch of memories of what you used to be like. But it might be who you used to be like. It's not who you are now. And so the devil's constantly using this. That's why he's called the accuser of the brethren. So he wants to rip us off, right? But John 1, 12 to 13 says this, yet to all who did receive him, To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. 
Colossians 2 verse 13 says this, You were dead because of your sins, and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away, then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. Let me ask you a real simple question. When God forgave your sins, was it immediate or was it gradual? Right, it was, it was immediate. It wasn't going, oh, that's going to be a bit more complicated. No, he forgave. Instantly. It's just us that have the wrestling match. I can remember going back to God a couple of years after I was saved because all of a sudden I had all these flashbacks from my past, right? Now, I know for some of you, you find it hard to believe that I had a, a bad past because I'm looking so angelic and I look like I, you know, I float on air. I appreciate the love and... But I used to have, I wasn't always a Christian, right? And I remember one time as I'm working at the factory, I was a MIG welder by trade. All of a sudden, I had this flashback like a movie showing me my past life. And I, I, I went to God and I said, oh, man, God, I'm so sorry for the things I used to do. And God said, what? And I said, no, you know, remember when I used to get drunk and I used to do these crazy things and I used to blow? And he goes, no. I'm, there's no joke. This is a conversation. I'm going, no, no, you remember, right? And I'm thinking, is God having a senile moment? And it wasn't. God said, no, no, I forgave all that. So I've forgotten all that. Does that make sense? So I'm trying to dig up something that God's going, I've forgiven it. I've forgotten it. Let's move on, Maddie. And I went, woo! Come on, folks. Does that make sense? So understand, it's an immediate. Number one, it's immediate. Number two, it's evidenced. Everybody say, it's evidenced. It's evidence, right? The old has passed away, right? I love this, right? Ephesians 4 verse 20 to 24 says this, but you have not so learned Christ if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to its deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Come on, folks, right? Right, listen to this. And that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Romans 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How many people here would agree that the moment you got saved, there were some things that changed immediately? Come on, folks. I don't know. There were things that changed in my life immediately. The moment I gave my life to Christ, it wasn't like give my life to Christ and I just went back to just old Matt Fielder. I got to tell you, all of a sudden it was almost like my eyes got open to some stuff. And I changed. My language almost cleaned up immediately. My drinking, it stopped immediately. Right? It was just God began to do this number on me. All of a sudden I actually found myself moving in compassion. <laughs> wow, this. Uh... I mean, Ray's laughing, but no one else ever is going, no, I still haven't seen it yet. Anyway, but no, the thing, so, I, I mean, come on, does anybody understand what I'm talking about? The moment you gave your life to Christ, it was almost like there was an evidence because something changed. I remember going back to work at Holden's. I was a MIG welder at General Motors Holden's, right? And some guys started coming up to me and they went, what's going on with you? And I go, what do you mean? Because you try to be undercover when you first get saved. You know, I don't want to let anybody know I'm a secret agent for Jesus. 007. You know what I'm saying? We wear the cross t-shirt, but it's underneath. <laughs> Only short on Christian days. You know what I'm saying? And they're going, what's going on? Hey, man, what's going on? Why are you? And I'm going, what do you mean? What do you mean? But there was something that was evidenced. Something that began to change. Come on, folks. People noticed that I wasn't getting angry as fast. 
My anger, in fact, my anger disappeared immediately. I used to be an angry person. Right? I mean, seriously, I used to be an angry person. I mean, I've always been impatient. Right? That one, that's why I'll never preach on patience. But the thing is, is because I'm still waiting. You know what I'm saying? Right? But I used to be a really angry guy. And that was the first thing. God just went, give that to me. There was an immediate evidence. So at work, where I'd get angry at people, all of a sudden I was like, oh. It was almost like I actually was having this mind freak where I'm going, Maddie, get angry. But there was something else in me going, no. There was an evidence. Right? Anybody understand what I'm talking about that? See, the thing is this, is have people seen a change in your life? I'm amazed when people try and say, I'm, I'm born again. They go, I knew there was something different about you. But it's even worse when people say, wow, really? What, you're a Christian? You're, come on, folks. That's not a good witness. You go, no, I'm a Christian. Yeah. You know, oh, right? Everything's still gone. Is this too deep for some of you guys? I mean, seriously, some of you haven't moved the whole time I've been preaching, right? I mean, do you understand online? If people haven't seen a change in you, has something changed? The New Living Translation, Romans 12 verse 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. People try to say, no, no, I still do this because I want to be able to relate to the world. How many people know Jesus didn't have to change who he was to relate to people? He didn't have to pull his hair back in a ponytail to relate to business people. Well, you guys are a tough crowd, seriously, right? It wasn't that going, you know, other day I was down at this place, right? Demons started coming at me, so I smashed them up, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I, I knocked them out. I said, who are you? Get out. No, he didn't have to change who he was. Thank you. I appreciate that laughter over there. See, there's always going to be a wrestling match that goes on in our mind as to who we were and how we used to think as to how we now want to be. But Jesus, see, Jesus said this. He goes, by your fruit, you'll know them. Can people notice the evidence of fruit changed in your life? Isaiah 43 verse 18 says this. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Paul said in Philippians 3 verse 13, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken a hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I'm going to give you lots of scripture here because we need to nourish on this. Romans 6, 6, Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. See, there should be an evidence. Slaves to our past, our mindsets, our hurts, our customs. We will never change an old culture if the culture hasn't changed in us. You'll never change an old culture if the culture hasn't changed in you. Come on, folks. I'm mean, talking to the right people here. You've gotta, this, there's got to be an evidence. If nothing's changed in you, then guess what? Nothing's changed. Number three. See, first of all, it is an immediate, right? Then it's evidence. Number three, it's progressive. Everybody say it's progressive. See, it says, behold, all things have become new. Right, I love this because this word is an instant and a constant. It doesn't just mean they've become new. It means they're becoming new. Right? So in other words, the literal translation is, Behold, all things have become and are becoming new. Are we okay, church? I, I, this gives me hope. Because some of us sit there going, Oh my gosh, but I haven't, I'm, I'm not there. It's okay. Things have become 
and are becoming new. There were habits on my life that dropped off immediately, but there were others that are becoming new. Amen. I've been a Christian since 1986, and there's still parts of me that are becoming new. Amen. As I grow and draw towards Christ, he goes, okay, let's talk about this. You know, Maddie, finally now, you're 57, let's, we can talk about this. How many people know I can handle things at 57 that I couldn't handle at 21? Is anybody with me here? You know, so, so it's progressive, right? Look at this. It's, it's an it's a, it's a instant and it's a constant, right? 2 Corinthians 1 verse 10 says this. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, right? It's a past. He will deliver us present. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. Future. So there's a past, there's a present, and there's a future. How many people know that's good news? So he delivers us from some stuff. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. He's delivering us right now. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. And our hope is that in the future... See, so it's progressive. Thank God. We're a work in progress. That doesn't give us an excuse to sin. Paul said, don't use as an excuse. But he said, he said, understand, I'm a work in progress. I'm God's masterpiece. He's just doing some final touches right now going, yeah, I'll just tweak that. Are we okay? <laughs> Amen. See, so what's, what's, what's 2022 going to look like for you? Is it just another year? Well, you know, I'm just waiting for COVID to end. Well, get over it. It's here. Stop using lame excuses. What are we, we going to do? I mean, the Bible told us plagues are going to come. The Bible told us pestilence is going to come. The Bible told us wars and famines are going to come. It actually said it's going to increase, not decrease. So what are we going to do? I'm just going to sit there and wait for it to end. No, no, no. Good luck. Cobwebs will grow on you. People will be dusting you off going, oh, yeah, I think they're alive. Let's just check with a mirror. Yeah, still breathing. No, folks, listen, we're not called to just exist. Amen, folks. We're called to make it. Come on, this is a journey. I want to get bigger. I want to continue to grow. I want to strengthen myself. You know what I mean? I want to, I want to keep on improving Matt Fielder for Christ. Amen. So how? What's the secret? How do you do this? Right? It's in the first part of the scripture. See, the fourth part of this is it's intentional. It's intentional, right? It's immediate, it's evidence, it's progressive, and it's intentional. Look what it says. It goes, if anyone is in Christ. People want to know, well, how do you get there? Well, this is it. If anyone is in Christ. In Christ. Come on, folks. Am I talking to the right people here? Listen to me online. You've got to be in Christ. What does it mean to be in Christ? Right? It means to have that inner security. Right? It's the peace of Christ. Right? It means to have supernatural power that, that your, your, your physical body, right, cannot destroy. It's the power of Christ. Right? But it goes even deeper than this, right? See, the expression in Christ, I love it, right? Just in Paul's writings alone, right? Paul the Apostle. The word in Christ, in the Lord, and in him occur over 164 times in his letters. Think about it, right? So what does it mean to be in Christ? It doesn't mean like an engine in a car. That's not what it means to be in Christ. It doesn't mean to put clothes in a wardrobe. That doesn't, that's not the same thing, like, oh, I'm in Christ. No, 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 no. It's like, uh, listen, you said to forgive me, I love food. I love particularly Indian food. 
Now, I'm still searching for the ultimate Indian meal. I see that witness right now. Okay, brother, I'm coming to your house straight after this, right? Because there is good Indian food and there is Western Indian food. Where they use chili powder and all these other fake ingredients and they just rub it on the outside or they just dip it in some sort of spicy flavor. And what you discover is, you know, you get this chicken or you get this mutton, you know, or you get, you know, get, get something like some beautiful fish, you know. And you realize as you, get, it smells good, right? But when you cut into it and you put the fish or the chicken, the flavor's not in it. You can taste the chicken purely because the sauce was just laying on the top. So what happened was the fish was just in the sauce. Are we, am I working the right people here? Come on, folks. Right? It's just sitting there, just bathing, going, yeah, it's nice. It's the, the sauce is on the fish. That's not a good curry. What makes a good curry is when you let that sucker seep. I mean, you put it in there. You know what I'm saying? It's not just about, about the spices being around it. It's the spices being. Do you understand, right? I mean, it's no longer curry on the fish. It's curry in the fish. And the longer you leave it, the moment you even take a piece of that beautiful flesh and you put it in your mouth. Now, please forgive me if you're a vegan here. Imagine this being mushrooms. Cauliflower. Alo gobi. Balak paneer. Right. Hey, 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 I've got a witness right there. It's like, woo, thank you, Jesus. Right. When you put that in there and you break it down and you can't taste the difference. All that's different is the texture, but the taste is all the way through. That's what it means to be in the curry. That's what it means to be in the Christ. Amen. Does that make sense? It's, 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 it, it's no longer ripping you off. Too, listen to me, folks. Too many people are clothed around in Jesus Christ and have an appearance of godliness. But when you cut a little deeper, Christ doesn't come out. Come on, folks. Yeah, well, you smell like Jesus. You, you taste a little bit like Jesus. But when that car cut you off, Jesus didn't come out. The, 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 the dove sticker changed to a bat. Oh, is this too much for some of you, right? Come on, folks. See, because it's not about just having him around you. Oh, God, I give you my Sundays. Yes, I give you two hours on a Sunday. Is that good Lord who created the heavens and the earth? Who died on the cross? I'll give you the two hours and I might even slip in the occasional connect. But not on Wednesday because it's Australia Day. Did he just go there? Yeah, I did. Right? Listen. That's not being in Christ. Jesus is my everything. Is he your everything? See, it's intentional, but it's up to you. God, well, this is the part that I wish God would change. I wish he wouldn't be as gentle as a dove sometimes. Where he won't force his way into our lives. He sits there and waits for your, your invitation. It's an invitation to be in Christ. Jesus, I surrender my 
my finances to you. I surrender my family to you. Can I, I, one, of the, one of the biggest things that God challenged me on last year, or the year before, sorry, it's been two years of COVID. In 2020, I started building my prayer life because we we're in lockdown over in Malaysia. And I began to pray over my, my family, and I, especially when I, I'm praying over my kids, right, because they're, they're unemployed. You know, what are we going to do, God, this whole deal there? And I began to get, I say, God, my daughters, man, my daughters. I need something to happen for my daughters. And he goes, my daughters. And I went, yeah, 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 yeah. I said, no, my daughters, God, I need this. And he goes, no, my daughters. They're my daughters. And I remember just stopping at that point and going, what do you you mean? He goes, they're mine. I've loaned them to you. You have the privilege of being their earthly dad, but I'm their heavenly father. Do you understand? And I I remember as I submitted and just went, God, wow, help me steward the gifts that you've given me. Help me to be who I'm supposed to be for them while you've loaned them to me. They're your children. See, there's times where God's going to put his finger on different parts of your life. Does he have your business? Does he have your finances? Does he have your romance? Does he have your career? Does he have your life? Are we in Christ? Are we in Christ? Or are we just a part of it? Amen? Amen? Acts 17 verse 28 says this, As for him, or for in him, we live and move and have our being. As also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. David said it so perfectly as we come to a close. Psalm 42 verse 1. We love this song. We normally sing it in Old King James. As the deer pants for the water. As the deer pants for the water brook, so my so pants my soul for you. The picture of this that I was taught about this passage of scripture was a deer that was running for its life, physically exhausted, dehydrated, trying to get away from an enemy. Right? But its thirst was so much that it would run the risk of being captured in order to drink the water. Because it knew at this point here, it was making itself the most vulnerable. As it put down its head and began to pant and began to take the water, right? He ran the risk, or she ran the risk of losing everything. But the thirst was so overwhelming that it was worth the risk. Do we thirst for God like that? Do we passionately pursue Him gone? Take away everything else. Take away my flashy car. Take away my house. Take away. And you know what the thing is? This is not, but sometimes we get nervous about this stuff because we think if I say that, maybe God will take it away. I mean, that, that false doctrine theology that's come into the church don't tell God you don't want to go to India because that's where He'll send you. Don't tell God you don't, you, you don't want to go to a third world country. That's where He'll send you. If those prayers worked, I would say to God, God, don't you make me a millionaire? I will be so unhappy. Don't you give me a Lamborghini. I don't want one. 
If that reverse theology works, there'd be a lot of loaded people these days. Don't you make me rich. If I get a private helicopter, I'm going to be mad. What a ridiculous theology. But it's actually saying, God, everything of me belongs to all of you. I want to be immersed in you. I'm telling you, like, when I talk about curry and that sort of stuff, it's because that's the language God speaks to me in. Because he knows how much I enjoy it. He knows that and he goes, Matt, are you the sauce on the fish? Or are you the curry in the fish? I want to be that. Every time I eat Indian food, I'm reminded. I found an Indian grocer the other day and I cried. I just walked in there and the guy said, can I help you? I said, no. I just want to bathe. Between the garam masala and the turmeric. <laughs> it's time for us to pant after him. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. As I said earlier on, you may be hearing you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, be it in this room or be it over the online. But right now, even as I'm speaking, there's been something going on with your life during the whole of this service and your heart's beginning to pound like crazy. I'm telling you, my friend, listen to me. In this room online, that's because the presence of God is right there. And as I said earlier on, this is the part that I I wish God would force his way in, but he will not force his way in. He's not an intruder. He wants to come, but he will come only by your invitation. This is the most amazing thing about our all-powerful God, that even though he he, he is all-powerful, the limit that he put on himself is he will not force his way into your life. He gave you that authority to keep him out. But he also gave you the power to invite him in. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you have never entered into a relationship with Jesus, we want you to know that he loves you very much. So much that he died on the cross for all of your sins that stood between you and God. If you would like to make a decision to follow Jesus today, all you need to do is to repeat this prayer. Dear God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I admit that I'm not right with you and I want to be right with you. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for saving me and making me your child. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or if God has done anything in your life because of this podcast, we would love to know. Email us at testimony at kingdomcity.com.